and off point. Life in the deep end. With JR and Vinny. How was your day, Vinny? My day wasn't bad. How about yours? 
It was a day with no computer at work. It was gorgeous. Oh, God. That, that <laughs> just the best and worst. Of it went back to the 18th century. Uh, I was chiseling on some, you know. Some stone tablets. Yeah, just to kind of get word across the base, yeah, you, know, you know, what the band's doing. You get your PT at the same time when you have to take it to the other office and get a couple signatures. That's kind of what they call that, uh, people lift the tires and... Throw ropes and you know. Oh, uh, CrossFit. Cross crap. Oh, it's kind of CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a computer. 18th century CrossFit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You need yeah. a tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> this tapestry needs to go up to the top of the castle. <laughs> I'll get it there in 10 minutes. I send up some smoke signals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever those are. So I'm thinking about getting a a, a car. You know, when those cars come out that drive themselves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 pods. The pods. I can't wait. I just can't wait. Usually that's not my style. You know, usually I'm what's considered a laggard. You know, so there's like. You're a techno laggard. I'm, I'm an everything laggard. Like, <laughs> not as bad as Chrissy. Well, no, Chrissy. My my wife. If, if she could be on uh, smoke signal, she would be instead of communicating on a on a telephone. Well, it's just easier that way. Right. You know, it's like. Um, podcast? Can't, you, can't misunder you can't misunderstand a, a smoke signal. Or maybe you can. Yeah, I, yeah, unless it so turns into a fire. You know. <laughs> so yeah, you've got your early adapters. Right. And then you have like a couple segments that follow that are like the, the median. Right. That, that everybody the gets into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, at the very tail end you it have says, there ain't no fucking way I'm doing this. Laggards. Yeah, laggards. Yes. That's uh, usually me, but on this one. Um, You're gonna be first. I'm jumping. I'm jumping in on the self-driving car. I just want to be the one that sleeps in the car while he goes to grandma's house. That's all. Why wouldn't you? I'd be perfect. Could you Why imagine? Why wouldn't that? you do it? I don't get it. You put everything in the in the pod. You hit the little button. Say I'm going to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I mean, I already hit the button. I already have my your my GPS. Phone. Yeah, it's it's telling it's telling you what to do. You just have to be the conduit to finish it off. Somebody else is finishing it off. It's uh, Mr. Make GPS in this guy. Yeah. Make another U-turn. Recalculating. <laughs> that's my favorite part. That's, that's a story of my life. Recalculating. But I have to get one that's big enough to put the upright base in, in my, my gear. See, now, now therein lies the next thing. Now you become a mobile musician. You're not worried about driving home too late. You're not worried about where the gig yeah. is. You get in the pod and you go, i got to be in New York. It's going to take me seven hours. I'm going to get there and play the gig, and I'm going to get in there and leave. And you, you just hope nobody the whole way there. Right. And you study or you turns. Drink cocktails. Or whatever. whatever you want to do. I wonder if you could drink. Why wouldn't it be legal it's, to drink in one of those cars? It says no drinking and driving, not no not drinking driving. and riding. I'm riding. Right. I think I'd make it a bar car, a bar pod. Bar pod. Yeah. That, that's got room for upright bass, uh, music stand, cocktails. and nails. Yeah. But so yeah. it'd be pretty tall. It would be a tall pod. I don't know. You can sit and drink. No, I'm talking about playing the bass. Oh, I wouldn't have to play. It's just so I get to my gig. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't need to play in the car. I've, that's that's perfect. It's my plan. So, we were. Um, when now, with all that said, and technology improving at the at the rate of a pod, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be no more live musicians. Oh, I didn't think of that. It's all going to be Spotify or Apple Apple Music or Alexa. Can you play me? You know, achy breaky heart, because the band won't play it. I was thinking about this in AI, and so you need like mass data. You have what's what's that called? Megadata or, or yeah, yeah, me megadata. Something like that, where you have all this data that this intelligence can go grab and use. And Welcome thinking, to the internet. How cool would this be if you sampled every baseline from Mingus, and then you sample like every baseline from I don't know, Ray Brown, whoever. 
doesn't matter who it is. And then what you do is you make an app that uh, will play Ray Brown bass lines. And you just whatever song you're right. playing. Right, you just plug them in. You use it with an app we have now called the iReal Pro that has changes to real book tunes. But and this you thing say, is going to listen to you. Oh, and play with you. Yes. So, like, if you're, let's say you're a sax player. Isn't that Jamie Abersall? <laughs> no, but th this is the difference, though. AI will hear you play and react to it, just like Ray Brown would have. Nice. Huh? Nice. I, I got to copyright this one. I, I wonder. While if, I'm young. I wonder if Ray Brown's uh, estate will get residuals. Hmm. I mean, Spotify pays them. Yeah, that's about. a good point. I didn't think of that. Well, if I get good enough that people listen to my bass lines, then I can make up this. I think the money is probably in the copywriting, the, the, the AI, the, the algorithm that, that. Yeah, because because. You, you can say quantifiably that you, you and I, if we sit down and listen to Ray Brown play, we're going to go, that's Ray Brown. But Ray Brown's yeah. sound... Okay, Vinny, I get it. I'll never get... Okay, thank no, you. No, well... Yeah. <laughs> I'll never be like Rick Basil, like, oh, that's J.R. playing. J.R. Brown playing. Yes. yes. Uh, J. Yeah. Ray Brown. There, I mean, there, there are cats out there like that. When you hear Vic Wooten... Sure. When you hear, like, uh, Mark Johnson... Um, I'm just thinking bass players like Jocko. That's just you'd know right away who it that's was. Jocko, yeah. Unless it's a Jocko clone, right? Which I'm sure there's a lot of those. There's Felix Pastorius, which is out there. Is that his son? Yeah. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Does he live in Philly? I don't know. I don't know. I but I, and I but I know he plays bass and he's quite good. But that could be cool because think of the other applications. Get a, a keyboard player, the Herbie Hancock app where you sample all Herbie stuff and how he responded to Wayne Shorter when Wayne was playing. And you, you start playing it and then it mimics like not just his notes, but how he would play live. Okay, now here, here comes a conundrum. Knowing that you can listen to somebody like Herbie Hancock and anticipate how they play as far as based on, you probably have to be, have to be ones and zeros. You couldn't be listening to him play and go, I recognize this, this is this turnaround with these voicings and everything else. This is ones and zeros, his music becomes ones and zeros, and they, you recognize what that, that ones and zeros do. Kind of like the, the Matrix. You saw stuff in the Matrix, but it was all ones and zeros. Um, so when you're playing jazz and you're, you're talking about playing, like Bill Evans did a thing, the, the piano player did a thing about simultaneous improvisation, mm -hmm. playing off somebody else's line. That's anticipating a lot. That's what I'm talking about. A lot. Because it's, it's, eventually these things are going to be smarter than us anyways. So well, I didn't, couldn't, I, I didn't... Why couldn't they eventually outthink... The, 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 the mouse in the hallway is, is smarter than me when it comes to that shit. <laughs> but the, the point is, though, if you... Like, you and I just did all blues. Yeah. And we're playing... And we're not Ray Brown and, and anybody else. But, and but, the, but the, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but, the, but the point is, is like we're playing lines and we're, we're feeding off each other's in, you know, inferences about what we're doing, like how we play the melody and what we did with it. You have to make assumptions instantaneously about going in a direction. And, you know, if you listen to Coltrane, Coltrane didn't always go in the direction that you thought he was going to go. But don't computers think faster than we do anyways? Yeah, but do, I, guess, I guess what this boils down for me is, is faster, does faster make up for creativity? 
Yeah, I don't know that there's. It's it, it, faster and more intelligent is one thing. Will but, it be able to create? Right. Will AI be able to create? In such a certainly it can create music, but can it create something that has emotional content that people will relate? I mean, to? if if you if you take uh, uh, and have them form a, form an analysis for for Beethoven sonatas or or you know a, a, a Bach a chorale or a, a, a Beethoven um, symphony, I'm sure if after all that analyzation, which is really theory and math put together. There's creativity in there, but not creativity like playing jazz, like saying there's 19 choruses of Cherokee. The second chorus is not the same as the third just because the changes are the same. Um, if you'd put that in there with one of those symphonies or whatever and say, uh, Alexa, for, form, you know, for talking to an AI, create me a Beethoven symphony. I bet you they, they could come pretty damn close have the same nuances of what the symphony would be like, a form and analysis about how Beethoven did, you know, his adagios, how he did did uh, his, uh, his his opening. Uh, oh, music's you know, all math. I mean, really? they could I, analyze in his symphonies the, the melodies, what, how often the intervals were, and what type of intervals, and, and rhythmic is all math as well. Sure, he likes 16 notes or whatever whatever they decided. Right. Well, anybody listening to the podcast, I'm putting my all my instruments up for sale because why bother? We're, we're going to be replaced. We're, we're, and we're the music's going to be better. It's and we're going to open up a brewery. Like, like, oh, a brewery. Yeah. See the, now, they can't drink. No, they Those can't drink. guys can't drink. There's, so. there's a commercial for the Super Bowl. It was for Mick Ultra. Oh, I saw that the, the, the robot goes the robot, it's sad. Yeah, well, the robot is doing all this stuff better than everybody else. It's 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 uh, doing CrossFit better. It's doing cycling better. It's swimming better. And it walks by, and, and they say, oh, well, it's not worth it if you can't enjoy it. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's clever. That's nice. That's nice. I just remember looking through the window and being... Sad. Yeah, like the robot. Robot sad, sad eyes. <laughs> there's, there's a. Um, I, I guess I'm on a sci-fi kick because I finished this that that series Travelers. Oh yeah, I and forgot to watch it. You need to watch it. I need to get, you need, need to watch it. I hadn't watched Dark Mirror yet either. I, I, it's I Black Mirror. Black, Black Dark. It's the same thing. You know, I don't. Yeah, it's the same thing. I'll, I'll I watch it. Dark Mirror. I'm pretty sure it's Black Mirror because I watched another episode. Did you? Oh my god. I haven't. I haven't watched it. I. I went. Oh, I, I rented it. Not rented. I bought a used treadmill, and I'm now I'm using it. So I have to have something to do to take my mind off the fact that my legs are killing me. So I, I was watching Travelers, and now I'm watching Lost in Space. Oh, I saw the whole thing. Lost in Space is great. Yeah, I like that. I couldn't get. Ba- I, I had a hard time getting past the first three episodes, and then I realized that Doctor Smith is not really Doctor Smith. She's you know she's a she's a, a pain in the ass. You yeah. know that the cameo in Doctor Smith was Billy Mummy. I he, did not. Know. He was he was Doctor Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they, I just saw like the fourth or fifth episode that had that in there. Good acting. I like the plot. Yeah. There's enough, and there's. It's. I just kind of like the, the, the special effects are good. Well, the the robot. Now, don't go too far because I haven't got through the first season yet. Oh, uh, well, let me know. ruin it for you. What yeah, happened? don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Stop. Um, the the robot goes off on those two monsters. They catch them at by Jupiter too. Look kind of like. Komodo dragons or whatever. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I'm, talking I'm about that. Well, I'm, I'm, well, there might be. You know. More. There, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I know the robot. The robot jumps off the cliff, or will makes him walk off the cliff. That's the last episode I saw. Oh. Yeah. So he's like, I'll, I'm going to take care of this and well, makes him walk off the cliff. I'm going to spoil it a little bit. Don't think that's just the end. No. No. Well, no. Okay, well. So well. That's a little bit of a spoiler. So. Well, no. In the, in the real. In the real. In the real series. The robot was always broken. They were always trying to fix the damn thing. Right. So that makes sense. You know, Will's smart enough. He'll fix it. You know, maybe. Good series. Yeah. So the, the latest Black 
mirror or dark mirror, however you want to call it. Dark black mirror. Dark black mirror. That's dark it. Black <laughs> this episode is called Black Museum. Oh. And this lady's driving through this d deserted kind of area, and she comes upon a gas station across the street. You know, she, it's a Stuckies. It's a, it's a future. So it's oh. like she she you know. It's not, a, it's not a pilot. Re-energize or charge the batteries or whatever the future car takes. And she looks across and she sees this black museum. And she's, a, she's actually a black lady. So I'm thinking maybe it's a yeah, it's black, oh, history it's black History Month. Black History Month, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, sure. And, but no, that's not. And there's like no one there at first. And then the guy, the curator shows up. And there's all these dark things in history that. The Holocaust or what? Well, they're, they're like, it's past all that. It's, it's oh, new, it's what, what in the future. What is this thing? Oh, this doctor used this thing where he, what he did was he had an implant in his neck and it was connected to his synopsis, his, you know, his brain or whatever. So he could receive information on it. And what they would do is they take this like hairnet, this electric hairnet and put it over um, a patient, oh. and he could feel whatever they're feeling. Oh, okay. So he could, have, like, if they couldn't speak or they were knocked out or whatever, he could put that on, and his mind would would feel whatever their mind it's is sending. Like, I was like, it's, oh, it's, I got a broken leg. It's kind of like 3D WebMD. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take long for that whole thing to go bad. Uh, no. Not WebMD, but this whole. Yeah. Well, WebMD is not, nothing fantastic either. <laughs> Look at WebMD too long. You've got you've got cancer and three forms of arthritis. You know, Talking about and, and you got bias. and you got a hang. Oh, I've got that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know I have this. Oh no, doctor, it said on page seventeen that I've got this. No, I'm gonna find out you're fine. Yeah. You suffer from a bad case of being drawn to, to negative emotions and then you gave you, you gave yourself oh. an angina. <laughs> So I'm sorry, you don't really have high blood, oh. blood pressure. You just had a panic attack. Yeah, and now you have anxiety. And you cause it yourself, fool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you want to play another tune? Let's play a tune. I know it's early, but I got the upright out. You calling an audible? Yeah, I'm calling an audible. Um, I was thinking even maybe just uh, rhythm changes. We don't have to play. Oh, let's play rhythm changes. Yeah, yeah sure. Rhythm changes. Just so pick, yeah. a, pick a key for rhythm changes. We're going to turn off our mics so that we don't uh, bleed into them. So yeah, let's let's do that. Uh, forgive us for a moment. You can edit that too, right? Yeah, I can edit this part. Yeah, yeah, I can edit that out. So no need to apologize. That's right. How about B flat? B flat rhythm changes. Right. Are we, are we playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, oh, we're on. Uh, yeah, because I can't really stop it and start. I mean, oh, okay. I don't think so, I can start. Try Thank you. 
<laughs> I forgot to put the frets on this upright. It's a little. It's big and cumbersome, but otherwise it's fine. <laughs> other than that, it hurts. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, don't talk about hurt. No. So, I can't play one of those damn things anymore. It hurts too well, much. Luckily, we have medicinal uh, for medicinal purposes. purposes. We'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Thank you. I can. I can't wait till it, you know. Just, just, I'm, I, just a case, you know. For that, just a we're case easy. of wine. We're, we're easy. easy. It, can, it can be, you know, Cabernet Merlot, a red blend. Yes. I don't uh, care. The, the no Cab white. I'm sorry. The Cabernet tonight. Uh, thank you, Dark Horse, for sponsoring us. I don't know why Fender doesn't sponsor us or you know, Carvin or Kaisel or somebody. Somebody, you know. come on, people, get on, get on the wagon. You know, this, this is <laughs> this is gonna go somewhere, people. This train's going someplace. We don't know where, but you want to be with us. With us, when we, we get you want to be with us when we, we go on the train. <laughs> Because right now we're on a train to go to bound to glory. Four sips of wine and I'm already slurring my speech. Holy crap. Woo! Yeah! Next topic. Living in the moment. Ooh. The moment's already passed. It's done. Yes. So, so right, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's like so many different angles to this. What made me think about it was it was brought up in staff meeting. At the base, at the airbase wing. Oh, really? So a lot of people don't know how, like, an, well, first of all, if you don't know what an airbase wing is, it's the organization that runs an air force base. It's like a, it's like the the city and the, the commander is like the mayor. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's like the mayor of the mayor. And then of the, you've got the all the like the fire department people are there, and the police sure. department people. They all fall under somebody, and so hospital people. They're all there, but it's all the heads. It's like the head department heads. Right. Are there, and then what? The, we always start the, the thing off, and the band guys there, believe it or not, <laughs> and I have the Air Force band guy at the staff meeting. I'm not sure why. Another topic for another day. Maybe when I retire. Yes, when, I, when I retire, we'll, we can talk yes, later. Yes, let's talk later about that. So they start the whole thing off with the chaplain. Okay. He gets. Like a couple minutes to just talk to everyone about whatever the heck he wants to say. He always addresses it to the colonel, okay, the base commander, and the chief. I wanted to bring up this, that, or the other. And the next guy's always the weather guy. It's like, oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's, it, always, it, it. But you got to know what's going on with the weather. 
Yeah, especially with the yeah, yeah with yeah, uh, planes and shit. Operations and went up. But anyways, the chaplain said something. He brought up this slide and he said something about um, it was a guy sitting on a bench with his dog sitting on the bench and they're looking the other way. Okay. And above the guy had like all his thoughts and he had like travel and money and all these things in his head. Uh, okay. And the picture of the dog, the dog was thinking about was the two of them sitting there right. on the bench. Right. And he just said something like, we need to take time to, you know, live in the moment. And he called it something else. I forgot what he called it. But being present. Being pre yeah, being present, mindful are some of the things that people say. And for me, playing music is very mindful. Well, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's You've really got to be in the moment. Like you have to just be. Did, it's, it's just, once you start thinking about, hmm, I wonder what I'm make for breakfast tomorrow, you're done. Then you're done. Your, your changes are gone. You're, you're, you're going, what the hell? Uh, did, where did, are he, we? did he just play a D? Oh, shit. <laughs> you know. I'm lost. Yeah. But it's, it, it does force you to, to, to stay in the moment. Yeah. And a lot of people don't do that. And it's so hard now with these devices. It, I, I find myself, I, I use this as an example, it, there, there was a, a, a commercial or a cartoon, I don't know what the hell it was, we were talking about this with kids and, and what they do. All kids now need to be optically, physically, orally, visually, I guess that's optically, entertained. There is no time to be bored. There is because if you're bored, some kid grabs an iPod or an iPad or a, a phone and starts doing something to occupy their time. That doesn't mean they're in the moment. I mean, quite the opposite. Remember those days when we were kids? Dad, it's Saturday. There's nobody, nobody around. What am I going to do? You have an entire day to do whatever you want. If you don't find something to do, I guarantee you I'll find something for you to do, and you won't like it, because it'll be cleaning. And you went van moose. And you left. And then you're out in the middle of the, the, the playground, or whether you're with your friends, or you're trying to find friends, and you're going, Go to the neighborhood. What, what, do we, what do we do now? Oh, we always found something to do. Well, yeah. Yeah. But that, that initial moment where you thought about what you were doing, you had to, you had to live in the moment and figure out what's going on, because... You know, I, I love the fact that when we were kids, yeah, Dad used to say, come in when the streetlights came on, that kind of crap. But you'd be playing with your friends, and you'd lose all track of time. You didn't sit there and go, oh, my God, it's dinner, unless you, unless you got hungry or wanted something to drink. But you were playing whatever you were playing. You didn't want to go home. Not only did you want to go home, but you were, you were in the moment with whatever you were doing. I used to love playing with Hot Wheels. We used to make tracks and have races and all that stuff. And then, you know, my mother came out, you've been outside for like seven hours. I have. Oh, yeah, we'd have those things in sandboxes and yeah, all that crap, the dirt and all kinds. Yeah, of you know, and, and it didn't have to be anything like you know, overly expensive. No, it could have been your bicycle. You drove your bicycle around all oh, day. Oh, we used to ride bikes everywhere. Everywhere, got great. We used to go collect bottles so we could buy Slurpees at Seven <laughs> Eleven, you know, and Mary Janes and all the penny candy. So, but you were in the moment. So the adult example of this, or the lack of it, is let's say you go out to dinner with with friends. Mm -hmm. And folks get up to go to the restroom. What's the first thing people do? Grab their phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they do. What they should be doing is seeing they're doing nothing. Yeah. That's a great time to let your mind wander. And that's how we come up with great ideas. 
your mind is never going to come up with a great idea if you're too busy when you've got your nose buried in some sports app, or ESPN.com or or Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to check my feet. You sit there, well, and sit there and watch people at the bar. Sit there and watch people or just live in the moment. I, There's so much value. To I, I enjoy Chrissy and I will sit. We sit and when like one of us has to go to the bathroom or we get up, we'll people watch. Yes. And when we come back, so hey, you need to look at, look at this person over here. Look at her hair, you know, or, or whatever. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe some. Let's be judgy. I mean, well, maybe maybe it, maybe it is judgy, but at the same time, it's like it's some people watching things where you oh, just yeah. just go how that, that they don't look happy, you know, or whatever. Lisa and I do that all the time. We go to like amusement parks, bush gardens. Yeah. Kids going on rides, and she doesn't like going on some of those rides. So we would just sit there and. Bet, my my best amusement park story involves Sammy Kessenholtz. Oh if Sammy eventually listens to this, he'll he'll, Sammy. he'll be he'll be happy. I'm telling the story. So we're on the on the road with a band in Indiana, and Sammy is a, is an American coaster enthusiast. He goes on any coaster that he can. If you're if you're close if you're close to a coaster, he's there. Right. So he goes, hey. There's a coaster about an hour away. It's a wooden coaster. Does anybody in the band want to come with me? And I'm, I'm looking at everybody, and nobody, nobody wants to do it. And and it was a rock band, so he worked all day. He had he had all night off, you know, and usually got home about three o'clock, you know, to the hotel. Right. So he had till you know like seven o'clock the next morning. So you had plenty of time to do whatever. And uh, I said, "Is there beer there?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm sure there's beer there." I go, "Fine, I'll go." So, so meets my requirement. There's beer and I had cigars, so I was I was in perfect shape. So I because I hate coasters. This is in the middle of nowhere. We drive the government truck to the place, park the government truck. Sammy gets on the coaster. I'm sitting down in a chair, lit up my stogie, drinking beer. I'm having the time of my life because he's driving and he doesn't want to drink. I could get fit chased all night and not care. And he, he's on the coaster. Like th Sammy's the kind of guy where he goes on the coaster and he doesn't like walk to get a hot dog or go around and then come back to the coaster. He gets off the coaster and goes, there's no line. I'm getting back on again. Is that okay? Sure. I don't care. Get in the front this time. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just picked, you know, if there's 12 seats, he'll tip run it 12 times and run from top front to back. And I'm sitting there going, he goes, you okay? I'm having a great time. So after after we got done, we went to see a, a bad band and the on the boardwalky type of thing. But but for me, it was it was fun to do, and it was it was in it was a definitely in the moment thing because I he didn't say this before we left. Look, there's a roller coaster thing. You want to come with me to a park or anything? It was like instantaneous decision. Right. Sure, I'll live in the moment. Why not? You know what have I got to lose? Even if I hate it, I'll be drunk. <laughs> you you got that going for you. Yeah, which is nice. Which is nice. Which is nice. But it, but the the idea behind it is is kids don't do that now. Kids are like, entertain me, do something to entertain me, or give me something to be entertained. They're constantly in motion to do something. You know, I find myself doing that on occasion, but not nearly like they do. Or am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I think that we do it as well, and they're learning from us. Well, I'll, 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 the only thing I'll say in this particular case is I, I won't disagree with you, but I will say I think... The reason that we all have this this uh, you know need to occupy our time is because we have a computer in our hands, and that computer in our hands started in the early 2000s. So we're as much as they're teaching us, we're teaching them, or, or they're or we're teaching them, they're teaching us because oh, we, no, we no. both get the they, phone at the same time. If you, once you hand that phone to a seven or eight year old, oh, they're if done. You think 
that they're not going to know more about how to use that thing in a few months. Than, than you, you know, ever will. You ever will? Yeah. You are sadly mistaken. That's that's why technology is going to work itself. So we've got like eye implants that you can see Google in your eyes or, you know, whatever. It's you know, already or, there, I think. I think so. It's what, the glasses? Yeah, there's, I think you can put this thing on. Contact lenses. Even, you put something on your face. It's not even an implant. Really? Yeah, you put something on your face and it's able to pick up. And so you look like Mike Tyson? It might be. It might be something like that. I don't know. I just heard about it. I think it was on Joe Rogan. Oh. Or something like that. But it's. It, it actually will read your mind. Really? Something like that. I don't know if I want my mind read. Oh, I don't. I'm sure I don't. Yeah, I don't want anybody knowing what I'm talking. Nobody wants to go. No. Nobody wants to go in there. No, no, no. That's that's been off limits for at least fifteen years. Don't go in there. <laughs> He'll never come back. That was a different Black Mirror uh, episode. Oh, this was great. You'll love this one. I won't give it all away. Okay. Um, I will watch them. Uh, so, it's in the future, of course. And what you can do is you can have this implant put into your child's. Um, head or eyes, brain, whatever in their mind, and then they give you this special iPad, and you can turn it on. You'll see whatever it is. They'll see, and you'll hear whatever it is they hear. So you can keep track of them, you know, because at the very beginning, this lady's with her kid in a park, and he wanders off, and there's this massive search to find the kid, and. She shows up, and she's fine. She just, you know, went, went down some, you know, trail by the creek or whatever, and the mom's freaked out. She's like, "I'm getting this new technology." And at the time, it was like a prototype. Okay. Well, this thing is in her for life. In the kid. Yeah, and the iPad thing exists forever. So. Oh. Yeah. So now you they can know see where that goes because yeah. you know where life goes. Yeah. Uh, it's minority, the opposite version of Minority Report. It's exactly what it is. That's weird. It was a really good episode. See, see I, I'm under the firm belief that all life relates back to movies. That well, this, even this movie reflects real life. Well, yes, but the stuff that's like like Minority Report or you know or, or the things that are in the future, like The Matrix. I think that that somebody that's thinking about that was like an old soul and 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 came from the future or you know that that kind of stuff. Where we kind of we you say art imitates life. I think you know, depending on the circumstances, art is life. Yeah, I think to a degree. I've been listening to uh, some Jordan Peterson podcast. He's he's into. He's a psychologist from Toronto, and he's written a book. I'm reading his book right now. What's the name of the book? Twelve Rules for Life, an Antidote for Chaos. Okay. He was interviewed on, like, Glenn Beck or something. Oh, I'm sure. He's I, been interviewed by everybody. Yeah, yeah. It has a book. It's good. It's a lot of science, but they're great rules. Okay. Rule, rule number one, stand up straight and put your shoulders back. Literally, literally, or figuratively. Yes. Yeah. Because they're related. Well, of course they are. And he, your he self-esteem level. He starts out talking about lobsters. Oh, oh, yeah. I think I've heard this um, about the intelligence of lobsters and how they. What? What? What is it? Well, it's multiple things about lobsters. First of all, their nervous system is kind of the same as ours. Right. And it's three hundred and fifty million years old. Right. And so lobsters have been around like before trees, apparently something crazy like that because they're underwater. Sure. And they live 
like we do in a dominance hierarchy. Okay. So the, the really badass lobsters get the badass lobster chicks. Right. And, and they live in the badass lobster right. houses. And, and procreate and, badass lobster kids. And they, they walk around like a bunch of badasses. When you're a badass, you kind of strut. You got your shoulders back. You, you stand up tall. Okay. People take notice. Sure. They know where you are in the dominance hierarchy. And it actually, uh, there's serotonin that is your brain releases releases that makes you even more. So it's almost like a perpetuates itself. Yeah, I think so to a degree. So, and, and when you lose, like when, when you're a loser, when you're the loser lobster, you're dour. And you, yeah. You don't, you, you hunch over and you're just trying to find a place to hide because you don't want to get in a fight with the strutting lobster. And he relates that to people are the same way huh. because we operate in a dominance hierarchy. Sure. I mean, everything yeah. around this is people. You know, today people don't want to, they don't like to admit that or, or it's, it's like, it's like a bad thing. It is what it is. It's, it's been that way for hundreds, yeah, we're, hundreds of millions we're, of years. We're, 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 we're not going to change that. We're not all we're equal. Not, we're not all equal. Exactly. And this, exactly. this, this is not a, 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 a testament to race or religion or, or male or female. We're, we as a people are not all equal. And we should be grouping people and judging them. It's identity politics. Right. Yeah. Eventually, look what happened in the Soviet Union. Show me, find the individual. I'll show you the crime. Show right. me the man. Right. I'll find the crime. I'll find we'll the crime. Put him in the gulag and off right. he goes and bye-bye. You're dead. Right. So we need to learn from that and not forget those lessons learned. Same with the Nazis. Yeah. Well, one one it's man one man convinced everybody that that his his solution for life was correct, and as a as a nationalist bringing the nation together as far as a you know a strong unit, but on exactly the wrong way, with exactly the wrong method, and people followed him either blindly or with a gun in their back. Right. You know. But I prefer to judge people on merit and their actions. Yeah. Not even the words sometimes. People say stuff and it's like, you can say what you want, but your actions really do speak louder than words. And I was talking about this with Master Sergeant today. We were talking about, it's a two-way street. Okay. Because, like, people say, I'm an atheist. I don't believe there's a God. And I'll ask them, well, do you, have you killed anybody? No. Do you rob? Do you steal? Do you cheat? No. Sounds like you believe in God to me. <laughs> yeah. So why wouldn't you? If there's no God, if there's no after, well, why would you do why? whatever the hell you pleased? Your actions speak like you have some some type some, of moral code, if nothing else. Exactly. And, and that and moral code is followed how things that. Uh, yeah. So if, I'm not saying relig you have to be religious, but the other side of that's people that do say they are religious and they're holier uh. than thou. Don't get, me, the ones, don't get me started. You know, a lot of times that are using that as a cover because they're sleeping with other people's wives, doing whatever they want, bezeling from. It's like Ted Haggard out the church in Colorado Springs. You know, getting hopped up on drugs and having sex with, you know, gay hookers. What was a gay hooker? Is that a male prostitute? It's certainly not a religious. It's certainly not a religious belief. It's not something. If, if you're, if you're the reverend, there's a huge. Yeah, let's congregation check check marks of things you should be doing 
uh, not sleeping with a gay male gigolo prostitute with with drugs in your system. You know, that's a. I think I think that qualifies as a hell no. <laughs> but is that Christian? Well, I say I'm a Christian. I say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a reverend. I'm a mister. No, you're not. Right. You're not acting like one. Right. There, there's there's requirements for a determining value system that you live in or you live with, it requires you to act a certain way. And if you deviate that, you cannot hide under the cloak of something else and say, I'm morally right. Correct. How could you do that? You know, that, how could you do that and expect, first of all, for somebody in this world, maybe not everybody, there's people that get duped all the time, but somebody, oh, yeah. somebody look at you and go, you are, no, no, you are not following in the steps of Christ, or you're not following in the tenets of the of the the whatever religion. Sure, it could be Islam. It doesn't make a difference what it was. You're not following sure. Muhammad, you know, or Allah, and then they say, "Oh yes, but I'm, uh, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a devote, whatever." And I don't really think so. Now, the 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 opposite to this is is a conundrum as far as I'm concerned. The conundrum comes down to the fact that we are all fallible beings. There's not one person on this planet that isn't fallible. If you think you are, then you know, you're know you wrong. That's why we're human beings. That's why we're human beings. That's why we're here. So the fact that we're all fallible means that the possibility for forgiveness and to change your ways and become better exists. Right. We, we, what we were talking about before, you're talking about somebody that's at the lowest of the lowest of the totem pole, and you look at them and go, hey, pal. There's no reason to be upset. You have no place to go but up, you know. Right. So, so if you look at that and you say, "All right, I've I've screwed up. I, you know, I've I've done this or done that. I've done multiple things I shouldn't have done." Maybe okay. Stand up straight. Put stand your up straight. Put your shoulders back and start living like you know what you're doing. And maybe you can fake or it until you make it. Just do the best it. you can. Well, and that's. I, I ran into a bass player last night, so I played the, with the Dave Greer and the Stompers. Yeah. Great band. Anyways, there was a bass player in the crowd who came out. He was young. He was 22. Okay. He never heard me play before. Okay. And, you know, we talked a little bit. He plays electric, but he, he just started playing upright. And I was taking, you know, I was you know, all kinds of crazy shit. It was Dixieland, but it was still, still, fun. still having some fun with it, you know. And he's, he, I was like, dude, I'm 53. I've been playing since I was in 12th grade. I've been playing since I was 12. Right. So... You were 12 in 12th grade? No, I, oh, I, I was 12. I was in 6th grade. 6th grade. Yeah, you said, thank you. You said 12th grade. I was 6 when I was in 12th grade. Okay, Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> reverse that. Yeah. Strike that. Reverse it. Strike that. But I told him, I said, look, you can't compare yourself to me. What you need to do is compare yourself to you yesterday. Yeah. Can you play better today than yesterday? Because that's how I got where I am. I'm just every day I practice. I get a little bit better. And you also you also know where this is a big thing for me. You also know where you fit in in the food chain. You know, we could play the rest of our lives, eight hours a day, callous our fingers until they're 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 stubs, and we're not going to be Jocko. You know, no. we we may be able to mimic some of the things that he's done, but we're not going to be that. I think we can get out of it whatever we put into it, and I'm not willing to sacrifice what other people are putting into uh, their instrument and their music because it's a huge sacrifice. I, I think that being married and having kids and living life, how I live my life, is more important to me than 
being the greatest bass player that ever well, walked this earth. And, and bass playing is a part of that life. So you you do yeah, what you can. To, you, you do what you can to make that part of it right. And and you're and you're right. All those guys that put you that. Pro, if you if you wanted to, Benny, I bet you probably could be one of the greatest players in this world. But you would have to make sacrifices, major that, I, sacrifices. that I could that I couldn't do. Yeah. And and the other thing about that is is that you realize if if you look at some some musicians, and I realize that, that not all musicians fit into this exact form, but you take John Coltrane, you take Charlie Parker, and you take Jaco Pistorius. All of them lived to be 35. Did, did, did Coltrane live longer than 35? I don't, I don't think so. I, have to look it I think up. it was 32, but I don't really remember. Yeah. But they lived their life, they burned out fast doing one thing really fucking well. Oh, yeah. They were crushing it. You know, so you can say that they, that they did it and they were good. But did any of them really have a happy home life? Did it? I know Jocko didn't. I, and I oh, try, you know, I, I mean, Coltrane, Coltrane had substance abuse problems. But they all did. All three of them and, did. Yeah, all three of them had substance abuse problems. But, and and uh, I don't know about uh, Charlie Parker and Coltrane, but Jocko, it was, it was chemical imbalance in his brain that he was trying, he was trying to self-medicate. Yes. You know, and that's why he wound up being, as, being the way it was. But the, the point is, is they devoted their lives to all that, and their lives <laughs> were shorter because of it. Sure. You know, so you look at it and go, do I want to be an old, good bass player, or do I want to be a young phenom that, that everybody goes, that person's great, and they cack her. And there are people that are just naturally talented. And gifted. Sure. Uh, and That's part about knowing where you fit in the food chain. Yeah, for sure. And this kid, I could tell a light, a light bulb kind of clicked on when I was talking to him about, you don't need to be playing at the level I'm playing at. I've been doing this since you were in diapers. Right. Literally, yeah. when you were in diapers, I, I was, was honing my craft. Right. So What's, you, what's this kid's name? Oh, I don't know. He goes to Dayton. He goes to UD. Sean Miller? I don't know. Tall, tall kid, blonde? No. Okay, good. About, my, about our height, beard. Oh, okay. I don't know. Hell. I don't think he gave me a card. I gave him my card. Call me. I'll give you some lessons. Yeah. <laughs> But the, but the whole point is, is it like you, like you say, if I'm if I'm looking at Steve Gilmore playing, I'm going, man, he's great. I I can't compare myself to him. You know, I compare myself to me. Like you say, if I'm if I'm playing something good, hey, that sounded great. That was better the last than the last time I did it. Good, you improved. Right. And the other thing I told him is what I stole from Vic Luton at NAMM was you shouldn't be ashamed or embarrassed about what you're playing and how you're playing. You are where you are. Everybody is welcome to the conversation. Is the way Victor put it. The way I put it is, we were all we're all shitty once. At one point, we didn't play at all. Right. So there's no there's no shame or embarrassment about how well you play. Now, if you're getting paid, that's a different story. Right. Well, if if you're if you're in a situation where you know you and I are competing for a gig, and one of us plays the gig plays better in the audition and gets the gig, you and you're getting paid for it, you know. Yeah, then it, then it becomes a, a situation. You get fired. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get fired. So there are wrong notes when money's involved. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But at the same at the same time, that it, that's it's an interesting uh, observation from Victor because if you if you look at that and say five of us are all sitting in a room, you know, and you look at the guy next to you and go, "Holy crap! This guy's freaking great! I'm playing like three notes. He's playing thirty nine, and you know, I mean, he's so much better." But you look at it, and he goes, "Hey, man, sounds good." R really? Oh yeah. You know, you know, and and you go, "Well, thanks, I appreciate it, but I don't play like you do." Right. You know, well, you don't have to play like you do. You have to play like you. People that play at that level that are playing at virtuosic, virtuoso level, I think 
they can be very intimidating easily if they want to be, but they don't have to be because I played with this guy, God rest his soul. He just passed away about a year ago. John Callisto, guitar player, mm-hmm. phenomenal mm-hmm. jazz guitar, hollow body. I mean, he was just a monster. And at no point ever when I played with him did I feel little or, oh, I shouldn't be here. Right. He was inviting. He was listening. He was, his playing was friendly. That's great. And I, I play with people that play at that level and they're bullies on the bandstand. Sure. They're, they're bossing you around musically. It's like, oh, I'm not going to play well because you're being a dick. Right. There's there's no there's no reason for that. If if you could turn around and be musically nice, it's hard to explain what musically nice is and what you know. Well, there's what's a musical dick? Well, if you were on the bandstand and had to play with some of these people, you would know. know because it's like, well, it's my way or the highway, and it's you don't know shit, and you you, you know, you can't even grace the stage. Right. Right. You can't. Well, you can't. My presence is here, and you, you shall not shut up and listen. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Learn something, kid. Right. Yeah. That's, so, that's there's no room for that. No, it doesn't. It, it does That doesn't make any it's like sense. A, oh, okay, I'll just become a virtuoso overnight so we can share the stage. Right. What the hell? Well, and eventually you get to the point where how good is good, where you have to turn around and look at the player next to you, because you know, pick a famous player, whoever you want to pick. Let's pick. Uh, let's pick Jim Hall. All right. Jim. Let's, let's pick someone people know. Like. All right. So, uh, what about the guy? Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. He did Ants Marching. Dave Matthews. Pick Dave Matthews. He's okay. a musician. All right. So, so, so you're playing with Dave Matthews. I kind of lost my train of thought here. Um, Sorry. Go no, back to Jim Hall. <laughs> no, no, no. no I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. Oh, I, I know what it is. So you're Dave Matthews, and you've got a phenomenal voice, and you've got a great ability to play guitar, and your, your music the you write is phenomenal. You just you listen to it and go, holy shit, this is fantastic. And now you have an ego. You have an ego about who you are. You have an ego that it's your way or the highway. All right. And you put a band together because it's a Dave Matthews band. But nobody wants to play with you because you're a dick. Yes. So now you're in a place where your ability is so high and you are so crappy as a person you cannot get somebody to play with you. You're actually crippling yourself. You are crippling your. You are. You are hamstringing yourself. You're hamstringing your music because of your. Because, because of your ego and your personality. I would rather have him say, "Now look, there's a couple things that I want you to do. This is an important part of the music here. Follow me here. Do this. Or we're going to stop here. That's direction. That's fine." But if or, you turn around and say, you suck, what the hell are you doing? No. Or even just a glare or a look or a that's, that's a, a bullshit. Body language. And as, as wonderful as Buddy Rich was, and I think everybody knows Buddy Rich, but maybe not. Buddy Rich was a phenomenal drummer. Buddy Rich was such a shithead when he was yelling at everybody and that it was kind of a, do I really want to play with that guy? You know, is, is, I mean, he's, he's a great drummer, but do I really want to play with him? Yeah, we were talking about him last night, and someone said, like those tapes, he was really mean, especially to the... Because he was cheap. Yeah, he was very cheap. He didn't want to pay the price for the top-notch musician, so he'd go out and he'd get UT, guys that would work for whatever he was willing to pay. UT students, berserk students. And then he would just you know, hammer them right. relentlessly because they, they weren't playing at the level 
he wanted, he wanted them to play. To play at, which is where they probably need to be playing it anyways. But I saw him on Mike Douglas show. Oh wow! Oh yeah, he was on YouTube, and he was just slamming country music. Couldn't stand it. Oh, he was just like, that's just so pedestrian. That's beautiful. I got, I got still left me one of these things. Um, and one of the guys from Hee Haw was on the show with him. Like, <laughs> it was like, he was just a boor, you know, a boorish ass. Yeah. About it. Yeah. And just it, telling about how jazz is such a superior music and. You know, who wants to hear those three cowboy cores and, and Glenn Campbell? He was giving Glenn Campbell. She's like, what's wrong with Glenn Campbell? Glenn Campbell was actually a very talented man. Yeah, I was like. He was a studio musician before he was a, before yeah, he was, I was famous. Like, I think he was back on, it was Glenn Campbell or Roy Clark or someone. Someone that was like, I knew when, when, was a damn good when, master of their craft. When Roy Clark passed, there was an episode that I think I remember watching. I used to watch The Odd Couple with Jack Klugman and, and uh, oh, Tony yeah. Randall all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And there was an episode where Roy Clark is on there. And he gets in, into the, the, the uh, living room of Felix and Oscar. And he says, do you mind if I play a piece? And they're going, sure. Motherfucker plays Malaguena on a steel string guitar. And you're watching him and you're going... How are you doing that? I mean, all this speed picking and, 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 and chordal stuff on a steel... I mean, it's not even a classical nylon stringed instrument. It's it. You have to work to get that instrument to play. So when we finally get this um, podcast to where it needs to be and we have people working for us, we'll have them pull that up. Oh, that video up so you can yeah, see it. Just, just, so do, when, just, when do, just do Roy Clark on, on, uh, on The Odd Couple. That's all you need to see. It's ridiculous. Yes. Which reminds me, if you get a chance, come visit our Facebook page. What's the name of the Facebook page? On Base and Off Point. It's not Life in the Deep and it just says On Base and Off Point. On Base and Off Point. Drop us a line. Tell us how terrible we're doing or how great we're doing. Tell me how many notes I missed. We could do a running (laughs) running tally. tally. (laughs) Maybe we'll put up a, 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 what do you call that, a a Uh, poll. Who, who who missed more notes on this tune? On, and, and the the loser has to buy the buy the alcohol for next uh, for the next podcast. Oh, well, <laughs> and I can guarantee you, it will be from Dark, Dark Horse. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We have some lovely parting gifts. No, nobody was hurt in the drinking of this wine. <laughs> so we're gonna play a Latin tune. We are. I mean, we are. Yes. What are we playing? I don't know. We're gonna figure it out. Oh, we are. Okay. Sorry. Wait. Um, yeah, we have we have time. We have time. We can throw one in. I don't know. Um, shadow of your smile.
If you don't already know, this episode is brought to you by Dark Horse, 
and, and Jersey, Jersey Mike's. Mike's. They and, make a great sub. Oh my God, they make a great sub. It was fantastic. A sub above. A sub above. That's right. Especially perfect for the low end, you know, a sub and everything. Can you beat that? I mean, so great of us to um, use them as sponsors. <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 hard to get sponsors. Well, you got to get home in time. You know, after work to get the podcast done. You're not cooking all the time, so, right, so Jersey, Jersey Mike's. Mike's. Yeah, that's a place. Mike's. That's a place. It was real quick. Got in and out. Sub yeah. above. Sub above. And the girl that uh, took her or took her money, she could be a, the next Siri. Her voice was like... <laughs> this This young lady, I apologize if you figure out that it's you we're talking about. But, you never will. Um, this lady, her, you know, some she, people's... She some looked people, like she was 12 years old. She looked like she was 12 and she talked like she was 10. <laughs> and, Is that what you want? You know, I was like, I, I, can't, even, I can't even mimic Can it. Can I get your order? <laughs> So maybe it was 90 years old. Uh, Just be the puberty of a girl in this weird... time to change. Uh, the bad thing about it was is that, that you know, she... Uh, it just this wasn't good. It just, I mean, the sandwich was The sandwich good. was fantastic. And, and the service was... The, the customer service was more than adequate. Very good. That's right. We're more, just being picky because we're grumpy old men. We're grumpy old men that had some wine. And we're, yeah, we wine thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, wine in the car. <laughs> Come on, give me my change. i got to get out of here. <laughs> There's wine to be drunk, there, speaky voice. Uh, what are you doing? I got wine in the car. Is that all you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Mercifully, don't say anything. Uh, <laughs> Here's five. Be quiet. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, so much for being nice. Well, I just we just threw. Be nice on the bandstand, but when it comes to Jersey Mike's, you're like, give me my money and I'm out of here. Okay. I want my sub. I want my classic Italian. <laughs> And I want it Mike's way. I want it Mike's, Mike's way. way. You gotta have it Mike's way. That's right. With mayo. This makes it even more healthy. Yeah. So that last song is, I, you know, I feel like I'm naked playing that. It's That's the name of the so, song? I feel like well, I'm naked? It's a Stevie Wonder song oh. called. Stevie doesn't uh, know he's naked. No, he can't well, even tell. He can tell. Uh, he can? Not by I mean, looking he in the mirror. He <laughs> can tell. Because uh, We've Ended His Lovers, which is Jeff Beck covered, and I love that song. And I've always, I'm still working on it. It's not really there yet. It's still in the working up stage. Sounded pretty good. I liked it. I'm working on it. It's it's got you know some issues where, like I said, you, I'm just so exposed. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You, yeah. There's no it's place just, to hide. Yeah, it's very very exposed. When you play with a bow, it's like forget it, man. You're either in tune or you're out. And then yeah, well, you just like we talked about earlier. You got to be in the moment, and then once you miss the note, you cannot dwell on it. You right. can't go back. The to longer it. you think about it, now you've missed you're, seven. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you just set yourself up to yeah. screw up the next yeah. time you go through that passage. Yeah. So the Stevie Wonder tune has become Louie Louie. <laughs> you're wishing it was, because yeah. it's it's not that easy. But you're kind of out on a wire, and I, I mean, I I like kind of playing out on the, it, my at the edge of what I can do. And I think that's why, I like, I I hear that kind of in Pat Metheny's playing. He's playing on the edge. I think he's yeah. I think he's he's going places. That maybe aren't comfortable, or he's just you know. It's I just feel that it's I don't want to I want to call it edgy. edgy. It's not edgy though. It's it's just like it's taking taking a chance. And well, but but I think he probably practices so much. He's he he can get away with it. Well, right? here's I think we talked about this in a previous podcast. I don't know if it, if it made it out. I think it's probably one of the beta ones. But there's a moment when you're playing and everything is right. Mm, whatever yeah. whatever you want to call everything. You're playing a good solo. You're playing in tune. You're playing the changes. And everything's fine. And you feel it. There, there's a spot in my head. I'm pointing to the top right corner of my skull. Right. That I feel it and I can tell that things are going good. 
And this is about being in the moment. If you're in the moment and you just do it and you don't stop to think this is good, you wind up being in a situation where you can perpetuate that longer. And I believe that that doesn't stay very long. It's a fleeting thing. You play play well for a while and it kind of goes away. Because we all think about it, going, this is great, it's fantastic, I'm playing really well. And as soon as you do that, you're you're falling off the unicycle, you know, I mean, it's done. Yeah, I was talking with somebody about the importance of music, because we're talking about STEM, trying to put some events on, some concerts, and um, we're trying to find people to sponsor the orchestra to come play with the Air Force Band, because... Oh, DPO or Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's like... They can't play for free. Right. And we can't play an event where people have to pay. So the only way around that is for us to find sponsors. Maybe somebody like a Boeing or oh, Pratt Whitney. Oh, sure, or, sure, sure. Or because we like to do it at the museum, and the, you know, because the Air Force Museum's here in town, and it's a, it's a wonderful venue. And they also want to get, you know, some outreach going, bring new people into the, to the museum. So we were talking about music and STEM is big right now. STEM is huge. What's STEM? It's it's like the sciences. It's, oh, you, you know, all the math, science, technology, engineering. Oh, okay. I don't even know what it stands for. I'm a musician. How would I know? Look uh, it up. Let's look it up. I'm looking it up while you're talking. Uh, it, but it's all it's all those core science type studies fields. Um, and music is not the M, I'm sure of it. But music does stimulate all parts of the brain when you're fully engaged in it. Because someone was telling me that they have, uh, what are they, uh, some, they take some kind of picture of the brain, it comes up in colors. Right. Of what's, you might know that because you have a degree in psychology, so. A minor, yeah. Yeah, or, well, it's still a degree. STEM. But the, um, when you're playing music, all parts of your brain are activated. activated. Yeah, it's moving. It's got color going but, there. Well, it's it's weird because when I feel this feeling, I, I can't recreate it. it. You know, it just happens. But I can tell you where, where it fits, which lobe it's at, and, yeah. and what happens, and the tingle or whatever you want to call it that I yeah. get. And I'm convinced that, that it's it's when you're in the moment and everything's right and then you just sit there in that perfect spot. problem is, is holding on to that is very difficult. Yes. You, know, you can't, you can't the more you, it. it's, it's like It's like a... Science, Chinese. technology, engineering, and mathematics. You were right. I was not far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You said mathematics, and then I think you said engineering. I think I you're think right. I think I mentioned engineering. Science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Once again, I want to I want to qualify this. I want to make this statement on this podcast. I am not clergy. I am. I did not sleep at a Holiday Inn Express. I am not. But an you do expert. like waffles. <laughs> I'm a. I'm just a. Bass, jazz bass player from Pittsburgh. That's all I am. And I'm a so, jazz bass player from Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Exactly. So anyone out there that thinks that I know what the hell I'm talking about, you're 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 set. I, I want to make the disclaimer because I don't want to be sued. And don't. And, and if you try to fact fact check us, and we're wrong, that's probably good. We're probably wrong more times than, than we're, we're right. right. Yeah, and that's fine. But the idea behind this is this is fun. This is not an educational this thing is, where we're stating facts where there's a bibliography at the end. You know, no, 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 no. It's just two old guys. Two old guys with opinions that want to continue to enjoy life, and we do it through the low end, the deep end, playing right. bass, and that affects different, you know, our aspect on. I mean, let, on let, life. Let's face it. If we were both astronauts, we'd have different view of life. We would. If we were, That's a very if, good point. if we were both uh, chemists, we'd have a different view of life. If we were both strippers, the world would be a bad place, and we would have a different view on life. 
you know, um, it just it's all perspective. Yeah, you say stripper you and view, and I just oh, no, that's rough. That's that's that's, that's wrong. In this, so many this podcast ways. has gone somewhere where I was not expecting tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you oh started my. with a disclaimer, so I just figured I I'd keep going. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the disclaimer includes everything we just said and more. If you go to our Facebook page on base and I'll point, you will not see pictures of us stripping. That's the good news. You bet. You might see a picture of two of us. You might. You might. You might see some pictures of us uh, holding various. Low end instruments and whatnot, but and getting had, back, getting back to you know Pat Metheny. Oh yeah, okay, how much I, I, you know, I've always liked him. Right. Ever since I was a kid, and I think the first album I bought of his was, oh geez, American Garage. No, uh, off. What's the off? It's got a off ramp. Is that the name of it? I think it's off ramp. It's got James on it. I was. I love that song. I was a kid. I was probably 15 or 16 when that came out. Uh, stand by. Road, yeah. Road to You. No, Off Ramp. Off Ramp. That was Imaginary the Day. Yeah. Speaking of Now. The Orchestration Project, which is, is a cool one. Yeah. Journey. Journey. Foreplay out. Okay. Well, the, the one I also really Price enjoyed. Size Life. Beyond Missouri well, Sky. Yeah. I, like the, I like Beyond Missouri Sky. That's a nice one. That's, That's a very nice one. Because uh, the one that he did with Jim Hall. Um, it was, uh, I can't remember the name of it. When he played with Joni Mitchell. Yeah, well, that was all Jocko and yeah, Pat Mathain, or, uh, Michael Brecker. Michael Brecker. It's a nice video of that. Yeah. But the other one that I really like is the one with Brian Blade and Larry Grenadier. Is that the Unity Sessions? No, it's that before that. Trio? It's, oh. it's the Trio. Trio's 9900. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's where they do Giant Steps as a boss. Yes. Oh, we should play that next week. As a bossa nova. Yeah. Yeah, we can Nothing do that. Fast. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Um, I was going to get my trio to do that. And uh, JR Herb Trio, if you want to Google that, it's out there. Playing, where are you playing lately, JR? Last um, time you played at a bowling alley, not with the trio. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'd say that I have, in nice I, have, I have a gig at the DFW with, with the trio. It's for a master sergeant's retirement. She has uh, procured our services. So oh. we're going to play for a little bit, and then DJ's going to play. And, at the BFW, so more welcome to stay. So that is going to be a fun gig. Yeah, where, where, which Beaver. BFW? Beaver Creek. I don't know. I, I haven't know. been there yet. Oh, I, I think I know where it is. I, I think it's right on Fairfield. Yet. I think it's on Fairfield. I think you're right. I think it's on Fairfield Road. So that's our next gig. That's in a couple weeks. And then um, we're, we're going to be back at Basil's on Market, which is downtown Dayton. What kind of food does Basil's have? They have, um, it's, I don't want to say high-end, but it's, it's, it's like a cuisine, American cuisine. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, the fries, they have these garlic fries that I, oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. And you usually play, what, 6 to 9, six to nine there? Yeah, it's like 6.30 to 9.30, that, something and like that's that. And fri- that's Fridays? Fridays. Oh, that's the Canonca. Yeah, that's, that's a nice little hang. I want to meet um, I want to meet John. I haven't met John yet. Yeah, we'll have to do something. Yeah. That'd be great. John. Yeah. Yeah, John's John's a great guy, good player. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was one thing I want to talk about was um, – when I'm playing, it's just like sometimes you just can't stay in that safe zone. I mean, we ha- we all have these licks that we play. Sure. And we're on our safe zone. Sure. But I think you got to venture out sometimes and make mistakes. And we do that all the time on, on this podcast. If, if we didn't make mistakes, this podcast would be 10 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe 20, depending on what tune we're playing. 
Well, we'd have to pick very simple songs. Yeah, yeah, like Mary Had a Little Lamb. Something along those lines. Chopsticks or something, you know. That way we wouldn't make any mistakes. Or on bass and off point, you know, which is the great theme song for the show. Off point, yeah. You got to get out there. Um, But that's part of learning, and I think we do that in life. Mm-hmm. You've got to get out there and and make some mistakes. And when, when when I teach lessons, I don't I don't have a lot of students, but when I teach lessons, one of the things I say to any student, I don't care what level they are they're at, this is the place for you to make a mistake. If you don't make a mistake here, you'll never play things right in in the context of whatever you're doing. Whether it's sitting at home, mm-hmm. playing for your family, playing a gig, playing for church, doesn't make a difference what it is. This is the place to make a mistake. I would rather have you reach for something and miss it than go. And be timid about it because if you're timid about it, timid about it here, you're going to be timid about it on a gig or whatever. Right. That's how I screw up that bridge every time. I'm just timid about it. It's like you just got to just go play for me. It. Just play just, me. What's the worst possible thing can happen? You is, know? is it you're going to sound like you just sounded like? So you might as well. You might as well just keep going. Yeah, you know, go and, and, and play because yeah. I out of out of the. I mean, what what you can say that that the telephone was a mistake. Because Alexander Graham Bell poured damn acid on that thing or whatever he did and burned himself. And he was screaming for Watson and Watson goes, what? You know, you know, and, and thought he was on a party line. And, and but the, the, the point is, and, and this is not American history, so please don't, don't correct That's me. Not ex- yeah, yeah. But the, the, the point is. I'm here, Watson. Yeah. The, the, point, the point is, is that in doing things and making mistakes, since we're already fallible beings and we're going to make a mistake anyway. Mm. Making a mistake allows you to grow. It allows you to realize that you've made a mistake, hopefully embrace the mistake and understand what you did wrong and continue forward. If you don't do that and you think that you're, you're not fallible and you're not making mistakes, you're going to be the guy we talked about before that has all the ego in the world because he can play through this, that, and the other thing and he has nobody to play with. True. I think that parents today need to listen to this lesson. Yeah. Because yeah. Kids need to make mistakes. you got to let them. You gotta let them lose. You got. You gotta let them fall. There are no. There's not every person wins in t-ball. Scott Weller and I used to have this conversation all the time. Nobody, not everybody oh, wins we, in. We forgot to take, go to the Weller. We'll go to the Weller next next podcast. Okay. I've decided to mix the forum up on take it to the Weller that it doesn't have to be a Weller story. Yeah, but it it will be like a a, a a story told about something Scott might have done or. <laughs> Could have done, but somebody else did it. It could involve someone that knows Scott. It could be Dave Mitchell. It could be a Dave yeah, it Mitchell be Dave story. Mitchell. It could be, uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna change the parameters just to give Scott a break. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell one now because I thought of something that. All right, Scott. Scott couldn't really do this, but hold on, we have to go, ladies and gentlemen. Take, this, this this segment is called Take, take me it to, to the Weller. Weller. Take me to the Weller. <laughs> take me to the Weller. Once again, sponsored by. Dark, Dark Horse, Horse and, and Jersey Mike's. Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to have 10 sponsors. It's going to take us a half an hour to, t- to, t- to thank all our sponsors on the this, podcast. This, this four-hour podcast is brought to you by... <laughs> Podcasts aren't free, man. Yeah. We've got to have sponsors. They aren't? I mean, they aren't. I mean, they, they aren't. <laughs> um, so, take me to the Weller, Take please. me to the Weller. Scott, the, the, the connection here is Weller was the roommate of this person we're talking about now. All right. This gentleman's name is Brian Montone. Brian Montone used to play trumpet. Okay, I don't know Brian. Now, Brian was in the Air Force maybe maybe eight years tops. He's probably a top salesman somewhere now, really doing well. He he was from Philadelphia, and we used to call him Lydia, Little Nicky Scarfo. And Nicky Scarfo was a was a uh, a mafia a mafia guy, and, and and Brian kind of looked like him a little bit. So we used to call him Little, little Nicky Scarfo. But Brian, in the, the most unfortunate way possible, had hair 
all over his body in every spot <laughs> except his head. I know that guy, but it's not him. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we all know yeah. a Brian Montone, but the issue comes to the fact that that I was in the dormitory in my late twenties in the Air Force, and I had my own room, but we shared a bathroom with Scott Weller and Brian Montone. So I go in there to take a shower. And there's no good way to put this. This is this is about the simplest way I can do it without being disgusting. This is probably why we haven't, you know, explicit on this episode. Right, go ahead, please. Go ahead, though. Yes. Brian apparently shed several layers of his hair <laughs> into the bathtub. Now, you know, we all have, we all lose our hair slightly, and I and I stress the key word here is slightly. So, you know, in the drain, you see a little bit, you know, if if you manage to miss it, you pick it up. It's, yeah, it's, it's a couple strands, you know, maybe. You uh, throw it in and throw it into the back trash or the toilet or whatever. He had a small, there. he had hair enough for three small children. <laughs> and I walked in there and I see this. Weaving sweaters. <laughs> yeah, it was, honestly, it was awful. <laughs> and the bad thing about it is I knew it wasn't Weller because the hair wasn't blonde and Scott had his hair. So all I, all I, I go is, Montone, get your ass in here and clean out the damn bathtub. And honestly, I swear there were multiple times that I was drunk enough the next morning that I swear the hair in the bathtub was moving. You know, it, it, there was enough of it in there. So, you know, hats off to you, Brian. I hope, I hope you found a way to control your, you know, your shedding. You know, maybe you only shed in spring and, and fall. Eventually, you only have so much hair. Eventually, eventually it just doesn't come back. Maybe, gonna, maybe, yeah. maybe he's like a serial killer. He's got no hair anywhere. Maybe. You know, no DNA. Because in his case, he would always be caught. There's enough DNA for him for <laughs> forever. Yeah. He, could, he couldn't outrun the DNA that, that was following him. So I was at the senior NCO Academy for the Air Force down at wonderful um, Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Maxwell, Gunter Annex. And I had a great crew of people that were in my in my class, and we'd ha we have to do PT, and it was winter there. Right. It wasn't really cold, but you'd still... 60s, 50s. Yeah, you'd still put a you know sweatshirt on, maybe, and shorts. Right. We had to wear Air Force PT gear, which well, Of is, course you did. Yeah, it's probably... You, know, you can't look any dorkier than... Oh, I don't know. A running in formation in, well, in the I, same I just, color. Well, just a uniform, though, even. It's, it's just not... It's... I don't know. I, I did, think, I did I, that I for NCO I think we could have done a little better... I do like the colors, gray and blue, but the cut of the, the, the well, the, the thing, the running shorts. It looks like you're ready to take off in parachute pants. It, well, I, I, I feel bad. I, the Marines shorts are even worse. Oh my God, those oh, poor guys. Oh really? Oh, I'm, I haven't yeah. seen. I haven't oh, seen geez, it. You don't want to see that. That's terrible. I, well, nobody wants to look at a Marine in shorts. Yeah. Well, they're, they're little running shorts. Like, yeah. Well, maybe women do. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to be judgmental. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> anyways. No offense to our brothers. I would go Marines. out. Yes. Yeah. Especially because they can all kick our. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So we would we go out to run, and I'm I got my Air Force shorts on, and it was chilly that day. And I had uh, a sweatshirt and a little running shorts, and someone said, "Well, at least you have your." I'll wait till you finish drinking the wine, because. <laughs> oh, nice. Somebody, I, <laughs> One of the girls in the classroom, she says to me, well, at least you have sweaters on your legs. Because <laughs> oh. I've got like, 
I mean, I have like really hairy arms too. I got hairy arms and hairy legs. Yeah, imagine just, that. I'm at all over your body. Well, that's the thing. Is it's not like I got hair on my back or a little bit on my chest. You know, well, that, that a little bit is yeah, fine. Yeah, it's just a, a smattering. But yeah, um, a cashmere sweater, no. Yeah, but yeah, my legs are like I, I got gorilla on on the legs. It's, it's it's full on. It's like oh, let's see, you got sweaters on your legs. <laughs> Thanks. That's funny. I didn't know you had leggings. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this uniform came with leggings. I think you're out of uniform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not in the it's not in the instruction that you can wear um, sweaters on your legs. So so, which is funny because like I said, I got fairly hairy arms. I'm, I'm looking very, at Jr.'s arms, not his they're, legs. They're he's got fairly. It's he, a very fine. He, he, he it's looks, a fine hair. He looks like he's three shades darker than he is. Yeah. So if I were to shave that off, so I'm in orchestra in North Texas. I'm number two chair. <clears throat> so you got eight bases in the orchestra. Nice. In the sections. Great orchestra. Great program down there in North Texas. Yeah, but, but they changed their name to UNT. Why did they do that? That was the year I showed up. For UNT? Yeah. I, that did make any North sense. North Texas State was where I wanted to go to yeah, school. And I got down there and it's UNT. I'm like, what the? Yeah. No, I want to go to North Texas State. There, there's, there's so many things wrong with UNT. Well, when I first got there, you know what the uh, radio station was? K-U-N-T. Yeah, of course it was. Well, that didn't, that yeah. didn't last, yeah, that didn't last very long. Oh, yeah. All right, we have, we, have a UNT, we have a UNT story, and it's about my ex-wife. So if she's listening, I'm sorry I'm telling the story. My ex-wife was, was a flute player, um, composition major at, at UNT, and she filled in to work for the jazz station. I guess it was, you know, K-U-N-T, but whatever. It, was, it used to be NTSU. Or NTSU, yeah, I think. I think it was K NTSU. Yeah, K NTS or yeah. something like that. Or, or yeah, they had an S in it because it was North Texas yeah. State. Anyway, she didn't know squat about jazz, so she's introducing tunes and she's trying to be hip. And she gets up on the mic and and she does it. Now I'm doing it in my in my deep deep radio voice, but she did it in her normal voice. So now we'd like to play a song for you when Sunny turns blue. <laughs> The song's name is When Sunny Gets, gets, blue. gets Blue. So the, uh, she said that she said that, and all the lights on the on the phone immediately went off <laughs> to tell her that she was wrong. It's all the jazz study <laughs> students going, oh! It was probably Grant, because Grant was down there when she was there. Oh, no kidding. You know, yeah, yeah, she said Grant was Grant had long hair and was up on the, uh, the rooftop just blowing tunes and doing Some things stuff. never change. Yeah, nothing's changed. So anyways, I'm in orchestra. We got eight bases. The number one guy is from China. He's like an exchange student or whatever. He's a Chinese national. Ching Chong China is like yeah. yeah. Super nice guy. Um, he was he was a either getting his doctorate or his master's or whatever. And I'm sitting there. I got my bass and I'm holding it and I got my arm around the bass and he's sitting to 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 my right. So if you can imagine, if you're sitting home, if you can imagine, you're sitting in a stool, you have this large instrument to your left. My left arm is draped around. As if you've got an arm around a person. Yeah, it's just like that. And then the person that's next to you is in a, sitting in a stool that's kind of next to your arm, and they have their base on that left side. So he takes his right hand over, he reaches over, and he starts petting. <laughs> he starts, like, petting my arm. He starts, like, grabbing the hair like this. He's grabbing the hair. He's just like pulling out. He's he's looking, he's smiling. He's got this like, like crazy ass grin. And I look at him, and he doesn't have a hair anywhere, anywhere except the, except, yeah, except for his eyebrows and his head. You know, it's like he was just so enamored. 
Yeah, it was not a gay thing. It was not gay at all. No, I know. Enamored in a good way. Yeah, he was he was just like befuddled. He had never seen it. Can, he had can never I shave your arm. And he didn't ask. He just started like grabbing my arm hair and petting and pulling on it and, and <laughs> looking at me like this. He was like he, was, oh my he God. loved it. He, oh, how do you tell a guy? Hey you. Uh, stop grabbing stop, stop my grabbing hand. my hair. I take my bow and smack his hand. What do you the hell? No, I'm not like that. I was I was just kind of like this is Later, right. you met for drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, we're having a smoke. <laughs> but um, who's from out of town? Try to feel. That's beautiful. So, okay, we're going to talk about beer. This is our last topic. What kind of beer do you like? Yes. Oh, good answer. <laughs> you win the prize, <laughs> Sally. Um, pay the man. I'm um, my favorite beer in the whole wide world is is still Yingling, because <laughs> I grew up. Less than an hour away from Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Oldest brewery. Oldest brewery in America. Other than other than a short period of time during, I think, uh, World War II, they didn't do a lot of brewing. I think they brewed, but they didn't do a lot. You know that it's actually was started in Virginia. Yeah. I did not know that. I lost that yeah, bet. Yeah, I did know that. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't think you told me this. I think it was somebody else who told me that. Richmond. Yeah, it was originally, but it wasn't there for very long. Was oh, it? I don't know. We'll have to look it up. Um, you got your device? Yeah, I can look up my device while you're talking about. It. So, so, what's your I, what's your favorite beer? Well, oh, just a quick story about Yingling. Is um, I was on a gig with a drummer from Richmond, and we stopped to you know take a break and have a beer, and we got two Yinglings. I said, "Yeah, what's Pennsylvania beer?" He goes, "Yeah, but you know it was started in Richmond." I'm like, "No, it was not." I bet you another beer, and I lost that bet. Wow! Apparently, there was a fire at the something. The brewery burnt down, and once it burnt down, they moved it to where it is now. Where is it now? It's in Pottsville. Pottsville, yeah. So my favorite beer. It depends on. There's a couple factors that come into this. If it is a hot day and I'm cutting the grass, and I I need my thirst quenched. You know, you're just out there sweating. This sounds crazy, and a lot of people go, you know, kind of get snobby on me. But okay, the champagne of beers, I will take Miller. Oh, Miller, you like Miller? Oh, it, like in a bottle next to ice cold. It's got It's got to be, you know, in the it's just above turning to ice, which you can't because it's alcohol. But man, give me a Miller High Life. On a cold or a really warm day, a nice cold. Three minutes. I'm sorry. We're going we're to read this real quick. Yeah, go ahead. If I got this right. Beer. James River Steaming Brewery. Town by the James River in Richmond, Virginia. There are two large stone arches belonging old, to old brick ruins. Beyond the chain link fences that protects the entrance of the site, flooded rooms have decaying vault ceilings can be seen. These caves extended deep into the earth, but no signs of plaque remembering the important history here. After the Civil War, Richmond lay in ruins. Much of the city's industry strength. This is all bullshit. I mean, um, yes. Three men arrived in Richmond in 1866 to answer the call of the opportunity of the D.G. D.G. Yingling. That was the gentleman who started it. It had apprenticed at his father's brewery in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Now 24 years old, he brought him to his uncle, John F. Betts, another experienced brewer. So I guess they did. I don't think they started. Let me see that. Let me see that. It didn't start in, in... Okay, so 
it's not that this is stupid or this is not good. Okay, listen. You've got to read this like Jocko Willink. Who's Jocko Willink? Jocko Podcast. You've got to listen to Jocko Podcast. Sorry. Navy SEAL guy. He reads books. He reads on on his podcast all the time. He's all about books. And they're great. It's about leadership. But it's like, after the Civil War, (laughs) Richmond lay in ruins. Much of the city's industrial strength had been destroyed by the fires sent by retreating Confederate soldiers. Though the city was temporarily on its knees, the same conditions. <laughs> Stop laughing! I'm doing good here. You you are, but it, but it sounds like James Earl Jones is high and and white. <laughs> and that well, uh, Does, and, and what's wrong with that? Nothing. Though the city was temporarily on its knees. <laughs> Dark Horse comes out of Vinny's nose. So, I'm yeah, sorry, it's, continue. It's not, it's not, it's not the content, man. You, you've got, you've got to use that radio voice that you possess. I have, I, po- I possess a radio voice. You are, you are possessed. <laughs> I'm possessed. Me. You but are that's possessed. That's for sure. So, oh, we have a guest. Our we guest a, is here. Our guest dog is here. Hi, Penny. Penny Lane. Welcome to the show. Brought to you by Perina. <laughs> <laughs> Perina and Beneful. <laughs> so, well, I think that's going to be a wrap. All right, so so we'll we'll continue the story of Yingling the next time we talk. Yes, we'll do some research and get back with folks on that. So, say good night, Jr. Good night, Jr.
Thank you.